Welcome to Reinventing Professionals, a podcast hosted by industry analyst Ari Kaplan, which shares ideas, guidance, and perspectives from market leaders shaping the next generation of legal and professional services. This is Ari Kaplan, and I'm speaking today with Stuart Clark, the head of product for Black Dot Solutions in Cambridge, England, which is an open source data platform that helps organizations investigate data risks. Hi, Stuart. How are you? Hey, Ari. Good to speak to you again. I'm doing well. Thank you. It is great to speak with you. So tell us about your background and your role at Black Dot. I joined Black Dot almost two months ago now. And yeah, as you say, I'm head of product and I mean, Black Dot at its heart is an investigations platform and very much focused around open source data and helping government agencies, corporations, financial institutions understand and investigate their risk in open source data, which is a a really large area which we can get into. I've been, prior to Black Dot, I've been in and around governance, risk and compliance solutions, working for Nuix for roughly eight years. So it was good for me to kind of transition into a a similar space, but certainly a space which was a lot more focused on financial crime um, and financial crime investigations, which actually, if I go a little bit further back, is is kind of where I started my career. I was an investigator myself, working on all manner of different organized crimes, whether that be financial crime, cybersecurity incidents and the like. So I feel like I've kind of gone back to where I started in terms of the type of work, which is great and a a nice new challenge for us, really. Has the number of financial crimes been impacted by the increase in remote work? Yeah, I think it's a really good question. I think one of the things that the pandemic has done is obviously created this environment where we are working remotely almost constantly. And what that kind of introduces, there's quite a known and a well-established piece of theory called the fraud triangle. And what the fraud triangle does is it says there there needs to be three things in place for fraudulent activities or fraud to be executed. And those three things are, are pressure. So an individual might be feeling financial pressure. They'll have an opportunity to, to commit fraud without getting caught. And they will also be able to rationalize that that fraudulent behavior is okay. They can justify their actions. And I, I think what the pandemic has created, in particularly remote work, as it has actually satisfied quite a few of those elements of the fraud triangle. Working remotely has given people opportunities to try and do other things. It also might have made people feel a little bit nervous about job security and it's, it's increased pressure. So I think there's, there's been a number of areas that have come as a, as a byproduct of the pandemic, such as remote working, which have created opportunities for more frauds, for more financial crime. And the way in which those frauds are, are actually taking place is changing also. Here in the UK, we, we had a system called furlough where employees would have their, their pay topped up while they weren't able to work throughout the pandemic. So they were working from home. Well, they were not working at all. They were at home but it created an opportunity for them to potentially exploit that opportunity where they were getting some money, but we're not working. And there's, there's been a, quite an interesting uptick in what's referred to as furlough frauds here in the UK, where people have been exploiting a package that was given to them throughout the pandemic while they were um, unable to work or unable to get into an office. Are the buoyant economy and the stock market motivating those involved in financial crimes? I would suggest 
probably are. Yes, I think for the the same reason. And if, if we kind of look at that flawed triangle again, a, a buoyant market creates opportunity, and th- there's been an awful lot of activity. There's been, I think, throughout 2021 and in 2020 as well. There was an awful lot of activity on the stock market. A lot of companies went public. There was a lot of high profile stock growths. If you look at GameStop, for example, there were some very, very high value IPO listings of some some tech companies over the years. So there was a lot of activity in and around the stock market. And I think naturally that has has created some opportunities um, again, which unfortunately I think will have seen a bit of a rise in in financial crimes. Some directly, maybe some indirectly as a consequence of that. I'm sure in the next six to 12 months, we will start to see more examples of financial crimes that have been kind of generated as a consequence of that buoyant market, where there is a lot of opportunity. There's lots of things almost on a daily basis where opportunity seems to be popping up, whether it be with cryptocurrency and the use of that, and the more mainstream use of of cryptocurrencies and blockchain. They're all creating new opportunities for which to make money, but also unfortunately to be exploited as well. What are some best practices for financial institutions to limit the impact of a financial crime on their customers and businesses? It's an interesting topic, actually. The one thing I will say, Anari, a year or so ago, we worked on a a fairly extensive report with some regulators and trying to understand how regulators in the financial space conduct their investigations. And I think what was notable for me and still notable today is that there's definitely not a silver bullet for addressing financial crime. And I think for me, in terms of best practice, organizations can't think about anti-financial crime measures in a box or in isolation. I think that there's a number of things that we should be talking about and thinking about. For example, public-private partnerships. I think it's important that law enforcement, government, regulators, and the regulated entities should be coming together more to actually discuss that very question what are the best practices? Three years ago, we weren't talking about cryptocurrencies. So what is our best practice now as a collective to be able to address this problem? And I think that kind of strive towards a continuous system of improvement where all of those different bodies are coming together and and talking about what worked, what hasn't worked in the past, I think is key for us moving forward. I think the other thing that is critically important is the role that technology can play in in addressing financial crime. Technology has a huge role to play here. If we look to that kind of the the whole ecosystem around financial crime, that the varieties of data, the volumes of data are growing exponentially. And for that reason that we just can't keep up. And that's why technology and the use of analytics and the use of automation has a really important part to play. But also, there's untapped data sources which we weren't thinking about a few years ago. And one of those is open source data. At Black Dot, we very much specialize in helping financial institutions and corporations get access to open source data and really understand what's going on there. And when we talk about open source data, it's a really huge area and it's a, it's a huge trove of information. At the heart of it, open source data, you have the surface web. The surface web is what you and I see 
on a daily basis. It's what Google can see. But the reality is that's a very small sliver of what's available in, on the, across the internet on the web. And what OSINT and open source is, is looking at the, a, much broader, a much broader view of that data. And the best way to think about open source data is a bit like an iceberg. You have surface web at the top, which is the tip of the iceberg that, tips, that, that pokes out of the, the ocean. That's Google, that's Bing, that's what those technologies can see. Below the waterline, you have the rest of the iceberg, which is a much bigger repository. And in that repository, you have corporate records. You have obviously social media and publicly available social media. You have risk databases. You have repositories such as the the International Consortium of Journalists and the Panama Papers repositories. You have, going all the way down, you have the dark web a huge variety of different data sets that contain an awful lot of information, which is critical for institutions to be looking at when they're, they're starting to proactively address financial crime, particularly when they're looking to work with new companies, looking to work with new partners. Doing that level of due diligence is essential now to ensure that the businesses are protected from criminal activities. How are legal professionals specifically leveraging tools like Black Dot? The one thing I think the pandemic really brought into focus is the the question around supply chain and how well we know our supply chain and how much due diligence we've done on our supply chain. And this is really a key place for law firms and legal practitioners is really doing that enhanced level of due diligence on whether it be a new supplier, a new customer. And this is a a really key space of where those legal professionals are using technologies like Black Dot um, and using our platform, Videris. They're doing that enhanced due diligence checking into a partner or a third party because we expose so much information that exists there on the, the internet. And traditionally, and this may sound amazing to say, but traditionally, Google searches were often the way of doing some kind of background checks or some adverse media checks. What we present is as a much more complete solution where you have the ability to not only search what's going on in on the web that's publicly available, but to search historic and existing corporate records, to search any deeper media records that might help expose risk that to the normal individual is not available. And we do that all in one platform. You don't have to manually piece together all those different bits of information. We piece all that information together for you and give you a realistic view of the risk associated with a particular person or a particular company. So legal practitioners can make much more informed decisions about the level of risk when working with somebody new. What changes do you think need to be made in anti-financial crime measures? I think there's a number that needs to be made. As I mentioned earlier on, I don't think there's a silver bullet here. It has to be a collaborative effort. We have to bring public and private partnerships together. We have to embrace the use of technology. I think we also need to focus a lot more on both global and cross-departmental collaboration. And what I mean by that is the fraud teams need to be working closely with the AML teams. And that needs to be done not just on a regional basis, but on a global basis. Financial crimes are incredibly organized and sophisticated and are typically a global network. And and to fight and address a network, 
We need global thinking and collaboration to go after that network as a, as a collective. And I think that is the key for us moving forward. And I guess just an area of caution as well, the role of technology is key, but we have to be very careful with how we use technology and that technology operates in a supporting capacity and is supporting the human operators and, and helping automate manual tasks. But the decision-making has to sit with, with a human and has to sit with an analyst. The use of AI and machine learning definitely has a part to play here, but it's important that whatever technology we use, it's completely transparent and it's not a black box. And we're seeing kind of heightened focus on that, particularly in the EU. Um, there's, in the EU, there's artificial intelligence regulations now, which are really discouraging organizations from using things like AI, where it's not clear how it's making decisions and it's a bit of a black box around decision making. So that is something we need to be mindful of as we look to the future. Yes, technology has a role to play, but we, we just need to be cautious with how big that role is. In 2022 and beyond, what new challenges do you see emerging in combating financial crimes? So one thing I'm confident to say is there'll, there'll probably be several. I think some challenges are already in flight and they're only going to get greater. Several years ago, we weren't talking about the dark web. We weren't talking about cryptocurrencies and blockchain. Today, we talk about those more and more. And I think in 2022 and beyond, we will continue to talk about the role of cryptocurrency, the role of blockchain, the role of encryption. And as I look to the future, I think they are going to be some of the big topics that we really need to address. And that comes down to very much a collaborative effort. Again, financial institutions and corporations are already dealing with these problems. How do they deal with cryptocurrencies? How do they deal with the use of blockchain? The moment the regulations are a little bit behind, and I think there needs to be that collaborative effort to just ensure that these type of things are front of mind and, and definitely in focus as we look to the future, because they're not going to go away. They've grown exponentially. The use of the, of the dark web in particular for criminal activity has grown exponentially. In the dark web, there's a whole marketplace of, of criminal activities that take place, which are not being seen or policed as effectively as they could be because we're playing catch up and they're growing at a much faster rate than we're able to deal with. So I think those are some really big topics that we're going to be facing for the next few years. And who knows, there could be more, but I think they are certainly some things that require a lot of concerted effort to be able to address. This is Ari Kaplan speaking with Stuart Clark, the head of product for Black Dot Solutions, an open source data platform that helps organizations investigate data risks. Stuart, thanks so much. Thank you, Ari. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Reinventing Professionals podcast. Visit ReinventingProfessionals.com or AriKaplanAdvisors.com to learn more.